So the offensive recruiting at USC under Lincoln Riley has been outstanding. But when will the defensive commits make a commitment to USC? You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every single day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, I always like to remind everybody we are free, and I really want to say thank you to everybody for coming along and enjoying the show, hopefully. If you're watching on YouTube and you haven't done so already, do me a favor and hit that red subscribe button. It would mean a whole heck of a lot. And to those of you who already have, as you know, a sincere thank you. As always, please follow me on my Twitter at Mark Culkin, M-A-R-C-K-U-L-K-I-N. So Lincoln Riley, Alex Grinch, and his position coach, Sean Nua, uh, they recently missed out on transfer Brandon Fiske, Braden Fiske, excuse me, the 300-pound defensive lineman. Uh, from Western Michigan, he ended up choosing Florida State over Notre Dame and USC. Uh, this was a big uh, target for the Trojans. Uh, they're losing uh, some guys in the middle, some beef up front, possibly Tuli Tuiokolotu as well. We're still we're still waiting for his decision. So this was a uh, uh, Mr. Fiske was a was a point of emphasis this offseason. They, they, uh, they had high hopes that they were going to be able to land him. And they're still holding out hope for Trace Ford, the defensive lineman from Oklahoma State. Uh, as you know, oh, you should, if you don't, I'll remind you, uh, USC got a commitment from his teammate, linebacker Mason Cobb, out of Oklahoma State. So hopefully that'll, be, uh, that'll carry some weight and uh, help lean the scales in USC's direction. Uh, however, while we wait for Ford to make his choice, um, Fiske is the latest um, that USC has missed out on. Um, so the question is, why so many misses on defense? And again, this is just a from a perception point uh, standpoint. USC has actually done okay uh, recruiting and with the transfer portal to date. But we also know that defense is a major point of emphasis that needs uh, that needs to improve um, between now and the start of the 2023 season. So uh, why are there so many recruiting misses, uh, including most recently uh, local five-star prospect Mateo Ungalalele out of St. John Bosco? Um, I mean, it can't possibly be uh, Tyrone Tulaney announcing that he's coming back. Uh, while that's great news for USC fans, the defense, um, he's not a name that's going to chase recruits away. Uh, is Tule coming back? You know, is, is he maybe that silent commit in the background? I don't know. Um, you know, he's weighing his decision between the NFL and, you know, coming back for the right 
NIL compensation package. Uh, either way, whatever his decision is, I'm still not sure why he's waiting to make that decision known until after the Cotton Bowl. So here's the question. Two-parter, I guess. Maybe it's not. 1A, 1B. Is it the scheme? Um, or do players just not want to play for Alex Grinch? I guess they, they kind of go hand in hand. So, I mean, if you look back, his his defenses at his previous stops, you know, they weren't exactly amazing. Um, and they do tend to give up a lot of points. Uh, is that working against USC right now, even though they were on the precipice of going to the playoffs in year one uh, at USC coming off a four and eight season the year before. Uh, Oklahoma fans I who follow this show, and there's quite a few of you because you like to comment all the time. Thank you, by the way. Appreciate it. Uh, this is one of those I told you so moments. Okay. But remember, and this doesn't apply to all of you, but it applies to 98.5% of you. You're the same people who think uh, you're better off without some guy you dubbed Tebow, a.k.a. Lincoln Riley. For those of you who aren't sure what I mean by that, um, go look up on, go do a Google search, T-B-O-W, and Lincoln Riley. You'll understand. It's not the most flattering of terms. And it definitely doesn't represent Tim Tebow. <laughs> I digress. Um, so, you know, obviously, you know, NIL is playing a role in the choice making with, uh, with recruits as well as transfers. But I think it's going to be, it might be more than that. Um, and there's still plenty of time with the portal open uh, through the end of the bowl games and the playoffs. So, um, and then again, the portal, the transfer portal will open up again after spring camps and, or at least most of them will have ended. Uh, just a reminder, you know, so for anybody who's stressing out on USC's defensive recruiting, let me remind everybody who USC gained in the transfer portal and their timelines. Some, some key names here. Shane Lee, he jumped in to the into the portal, I believe it was January 13th. Ten days later, he was committed to USC. Romello Height from Auburn had a similar timeline, uh, although, you know, he is, uh, we didn't get to see him, well, we saw him for what, one game, two games before injury took him out. Eric Gentry, okay, he had an impact with USC's defense this past season. Um, he didn't join USC until the end of April. And Solomon Bird, another uh, transfer portal guy, he didn't show up until May. So, you know, look, coming up in 2023, USC has already signed, what, three defensive linemen, two rush ends, rush edge ends, whatever you want to call them, and Tekka Curtis at inside linebacker. Plus, you got a couple of linebacker transfers coming in already, Mason Cobb and Jamil Muhammad. So, um, if history repeats itself, you can anticipate uh, some more late additions through the through the end of spring. Um, you know, after after the bowl games, right after the playoffs, 
and then again um, towards the end of spring, if, if the same type of strategy is being used where USC is doing their evaluations, you're going to see more players coming and going. Yes, I did say going. Because if you want to bring more players in, you're going to need to make room on the roster. So that means other players are going to have to leave. So again, um, the question is, the, the question I'm asking, are the are defensive recruits, the commitments out there, are they kind of taking a wait-and-see approach? Um, is it a lack of NIL love from uh, USC? Or is it a is it an Alex Grinch scheme issue? I'm sure it's you can throw it all into a bowl, mix it up, and you're gonna you're gonna find out you're, you're gonna get you're gonna taste you're, you're gonna get you're gonna get a taste of a, a little bit of everything from that. So um, again, let's find out what happens. Let's reevaluate uh, what's going on with the commitment to defense at USC uh, when the end of spring, because again, some of the impact players that USC got, USC didn't have at this point last year. It didn't come until January or later. So we still got some time. Maybe they're going to put up some uh, a job posting at LinkedIn Jobs that USC has some, some uh, jobs available on defense. Speaking of, Head on over to LinkedIn, because <clears throat> these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. When you're over there, make sure you add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. That way you can spread the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experiences so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, I'm going to say it again. And I know most of you hate hearing this, but it's true. The Cotton Bowl is USC's most meaningless game. Dot, dot, dot. I'm going to add this in the last three months. No, I, like I said, I know some of you hate hearing that. But again, it's true. It's so meaningless that I hope Caleb Williams sits out the game so Miller Moss can finally have his moments. Look, let's, let's, let's just break it down. Besides winning 12 games, which is significant, I can see that point. What else is gained? What, you're going to get a higher top 10 final ranking? Great. Who cares? What's the difference between number 10 and number 8? Number 7. Let's say USC gets as high as number 7. Woohoo! Are you happy? Of course you are. It means 
US, it means the program has made great strides. Again, I can see. But again, in the big picture, it doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot. Top 10, top 7, who cares? Um, obviously, you want to uh, keep that positive momentum going into spring. So winning the game does carry, you know, that kind of um, importance. But it's not a make or break thing either. You you know, you don't want to be on a two-game losing streak regardless of the roster's health. Um, and you have, you have to take that into consideration why this game is meaningless, why I said I prefer Caleb Williams not playing. You already know you're going to be without Andrew Voorhees and Brett Nealon. So if your quarterback and O-line isn't healthy, again, how important is this game in the big picture? Um, you know, and not to sound arrogant, but again, this is USC. USC doesn't play, you know, line up to finish their season in the Cotton Bowl playing against a team called the Tulane Green Wave. No disrespect meant, even though it sounds very disrespectful, but USC has bigger targets that they aim for. The playoffs. They want to be playing against teams named Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, Clemson. This year, TCU. Um, I mean, again, in the in the playoff era, beating Tulane means nothing. And this game will mean even let the Cotton Bowl itself will mean even less uh, when the playoffs expand in 2024. So even if the, again, even if the opponent was Penn State, you know, pick another, you know, uh, Power Five team. It wouldn't matter. It's the Cotton Bowl. It's not the playoffs. Because once USC found itself, you know, playing for a spot in the playoffs, and remember, when they were playing in the conference championship game against Utah and they were up 17 to 3, they were they they were tasting the playoffs. They were there. Nothing else mattered at that point. So yeah, they'll look. Yes, the players and the coaches will look in the eye and tell, "Yeah, they're they're looking forward to playing in the game." When the cameras are off, if they're being honest, this game is a letdown. I know it is. From a fan's perspective, I have to admit that. You know, look, just like uh, Lincoln Riley said it just this past week uh, at the. When the at the end of the first day of the early signing period, when he met with the media, <clears throat> he didn't come here to win signing day. Just like we didn't come here to win Cotton Bowls either. Okay, let's we can admit that, right? So win or lose, um, with who USC has coming back next year on the roster, and I'm starting with Caleb Williams. <laughs> They're going to be a preseason top top five team regardless, win or lose the Cotton Bowl. So, um, you know, even with a suspect defense, USC next year, 
is going to be a preseason top five team. You can take that to the bank. So, you know, maybe if we want to look at the why the Cotton Bowl isn't meaningless, uh, it gives the defense a chance to maybe go out with a flourish, uh, get the recruits on board for 2024. But besides that, again, I, I this game does nothing unless, for me, this game, and any bowl game for that matter, um, even the Rose Bowl, because again, I'm weighing it against where we are in today's landscape. Uh, this game is really meaningless unless, uh, I, for me, I want to see the younger players uh, give, be given a chance to play. And a lot of meaningful minutes, not just, you know, the end of the fourth quarter, garbage time or whatever, if USC's winning, losing, whatever the situation is. I want to see them playing meaningful minutes. Let's see what they can do when the pressure's on. So if this game does mean something, great. Let's see what the younger guys can do, the guys who are the backups. Let's see, you know, why Miller Moss was, you know, a four-star quarterback coming out of out of high school and why everybody wanted him. And USC is fortunate to have him. With that said, um, I'll be there, and I'll be looking forward to uh, one last football game that matters, especially to the players uh, who are going to be playing in the game. So, yes, the game matters, and it does have some meaning. So when I say it's meaningless, it's I'm talking big picture. You know, as far as what does it mean down the line? Uh, what does it mean to the health of certain players, why they should or shouldn't play? Again, if Caleb Williams isn't able to play like Caleb Williams, move around, escape the pocket, uh, make magical plays, scrambling and picking up yards, then I don't want to see Caleb Williams out there. It's just not worth it. It's, again, especially when you know you're missing two-fifths of your starting offensive line. And I'm starting to hear uh, reports of who is going to be playing on the early starting on offensive line and where. Um, am I concerned? No, but I think you need to change the game plan. So hopefully uh, you see more running. You see more tight end usage, and I'd really want to see a whole bunch of uh, trickeration, some razzle-dazzle. That's what bowl games are supposed to be about, having fun, getting the younger players ready for the next season. Play it safe. You know what else you should do safe? Drive safe. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell. Your coworkers can tell. Even your parents can tell. Everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? 
Driving, <clears throat> driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is this. If you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. All right. Uh, we're going to keep this show pretty short uh, on this episode of Locked on USC. We're going to break down Tulane more throughout the week. But um, I have a question. I always I always like to ask these, not really rhetorical questions, questions that maybe will some, solicit some feedback from you guys uh, on, on, uh, on YouTube. You let me know. Um, what didn't you see on from the USC offense in that last game against Utah that you that you want to see against Tulane? I touched on it in the previous segment. I want to see some fun, some razzle dazzle, trick plays. I want to see Miller Moss playing quarterback. If Caleb Williams is healthy to play. I don't want to see him for more than a quarter. Let him make a cameo appearance for everybody who's traveling. Get in there, throw a touchdown, and then come off the field and let Miller Moss come in. So go get that standing ovation. I'd love to see that. Um, I want to see the tight ends more involved. And again, I think you need to make a commitment to the running game to make uh, to make life easier for Miller Moss, assuming he's the quarterback, because you you have to assume that Tulane is going to, you know, put the game on his shoulders as well as as well as Caleb's shoulders, especially if he's not hundred percent. Other teams, coordinators, coaches, players, they'll recognize very quickly uh, whether or not Caleb is ready to play, and they'll make their defensive adjustment based on that. Uh, same question, what do I want to see from the defense? We talked about this on Inside the Trojan Huddle, the weekly podcast I do over there on wearesc.com. Check it out later this week. My answer there is going to be the same answer here. Three words. A better effort. End of story. Um I don't want to say they quit against Utah, but we know the defense didn't have a great year. They had a, it was a, you know what? They had a great year in the sense that they were able to turn the other team over uh, with regularity. They went and created turnovers. So from that aspect, they were great. From a tackling aspect, they were horrible, terrible, terrible, Charles Barkley would say. Um, but out, they stunk. So what I want to see is a better effort. Uh, I want to see it. I, I, want them to make, I want them to look like they care. Because in that game against Utah in the conference championship game, once they kind of felt like the game was slipping away, it almost felt like, they lost 
Uh, they, they forgot about technique. They forgot about everything that was being taught and coached into them throughout the season. How to tackle. They're trying to strip the ball. They were panicking. Don't panic. Trust yourself. Trust your coaching staff. And then two players that I want to see play and at least have a couple of big plays. You might remember earlier in the year, uh, Lincoln Riley said that they were hoping Jude Wolf would be available towards the end of the season. He didn't make it back. I would love to see Jude Wolf have a couple of receptions in this game. That would be fantastic. That would be worth everything, regardless of the, the game's outcome. I love watching injured players come back and be successful. Jude Wolf is a favorite of mine. Um, the other one, staying on the same tangent, Solo, Solomon, Tule Apupu. He played throughout the year. He had a full season of football at USC. Amazing. So happy for that guy. You know what? Let's finish the season off. Let's get a couple of sacks, man. I want to see that guy jumping up and down, having a good time. He's a crazy guy when he's out there on the field. Let's make it happen. So there you go. There's another episode of Locked on USC in the books for this week. We'll be back with another episode because we come at you five times a week. So until then, Trojan fans, you know what to do, right? <laughs>